Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... Remember your creator before the silver cord is loosed. Now that would be something, he's using, he's using a bunch of, uh, he's saying before death overtakes you. He's using word pictures that would be common in their time. Or the golden bowl is broken, or the pitcher shattered at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the well, right? Listen, remember your creator, come to God before you drop your cell phone and there's no more upgrade. Before you're not even gonna be able to physically see the buttons anymore. Or, or do whatever it takes to, to, to use your phone. Making a daily habit of spending time with the Lord is a safety net for us as humans. We wouldn't jump into deep waters without first learning how to swim. So then why do we try facing life and all of its trials that it throws at us without being filled with the power of God? Pastor Jim shows us in Ecclesiastes that Solomon says over and over again to be prepared. We need to be filled with Jesus so that when we are drained, it isn't our flesh that shows. Being prepared would allow God's love to flow out. With this in mind, here's Pastor Jim with part two of his message entitled, Why is a good memory important? Some of us, I think sometimes we're gonna get to heaven and we're gonna have a bad attitude, like, oh, I'm sure this place isn't all it's cracked up to be. Now, but let's catch ourselves here. The Bible writer is not saying uh, deny real pain. I can prove that to you. Because what does it say about Jesus in the Bible? He was a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. So it's not saying you lose a spouse, you lose a loved one, a child, bad visit to the doctor for someone, a friend falls away from the Lord. You know, Jesus, he looked out over the people and he was moved with compassion. So it's not saying we deny those type of things, but he is saying stop thinking and stop living in ways which you're communicating both to yourself and to others, there is no God. The Bible says that the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. We tend to think that means they're an atheist or maybe at best an agnostic. But when we live like unbelieving believers, what are we saying to the world around us and what are we really saying to God? There is no God. We're living like you don't exist. So he's telling these guys, man, stop with the bad decisions. Stop with the self-delusions. Stop with the excuses. Stop ignoring God and stop now. Stop now while it's in your heart, while it's on your soul. Some of you right now need to take this card in the seat in front of you and it says, my st next step is to, and maybe you need to fill in something and turn that in today. So we can pray for you and we'll contact you and say, how are you doing with this? And do you have anybody in your life that you're talking to about this? Stop now. Why do we stop? So what do I do when I stop? Well, that was our point. Rejoice and remember the Lord. All right, number two. Number one, rejoice and remember the Lord. Number two, pay attention. Remember the Lord and rejoice. <laughs> Very complicated. Some of you are like, was that the opposite? <laughs> Chapter 12, verse one, our verse for today. Remember now. Now, Bible students, you should remember that often and usually when the Bible talks about God remembering, it doesn't mean that he, God's like, oh man, I forgot. No, remembering means he acts upon that which he has already said. 
And so remembering is not really a memory thing. It is for us to act upon what God has already said. So now he gives us a key to true joy. Remember now, act upon what we just heard. Remember the Bible was not written with the chapter and verse that was put in uh, for us to, to be able to find stuff easier. Remember now what I just told you about praising the Lord, okay? Remember now your creator. You want true joy, you remember your creator. Notice he doesn't say remember God. He says remember your creator. Remember the one who, who gave you everything, who made you. Who does the Bible tell us in the New Testament that the creator is? The Lord Jesus. And so he says, remember now your creator in the days of your youth before the difficult days come. The contemporary English version, not one I would really recommend for daily reading, but sometimes it's helpful, says this. Remember your creator before you will be burdened down with troubles and the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them. He's saying, get in the habit of remembering God now before it's too late. Make that your natural default reaction to everything. Something happens, oh Lord, help. Something good happens, oh Lord, you're good. He's saying, make that your response now because when things get really, really tough, it's gonna be harder to do. Verse two, while the sun and the light, the moon and the stars are not darkened, in other words, when you're still alive, okay, uh, and the clouds do not return after the rain. So this is the call and the command, not the suggestion, the call and the command for all of us to live a God-centered life. For all of us daily, okay, to bring to our minds living for the Lord Jesus Christ, to make that a, a priority, living for him, to make rejoicing in him to be a priority, to meditate on, to appreciate, to praise, to draw close to your creator, the one who made you, the one who gave you and I everything. Yet the more we neglect these things, the more we neglect the Lord, the more our capacity for godly joy will be compromised. That's why a lot of us feel so empty all of the time. A lot of times people are like, you know, I, I understand depression, different, different sermon, different thing, but a lot of us, it, it comes down to this. I've forgotten to rejoice in the Lord and the fog of despair continues to overtake my life. And we can always prove it. Listen very carefully. People in the front can hear it a little bit better, but listen to the singing every Sunday. It's twice as loud after the message. Why? Because God, through his word, has brought you and I into his presence, and the praise of God becomes the natural thing for us to do, and the fog of life, the constant worry and the constant despair disappears for just for a few moments. Now, I know some of us are miserable by Route 15, okay? <laughs> some of you are like, how far is that? That's at the end of the driveway. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but we need to put ourselves in this constant thing. So therefore, we really would hope that we would be running into church, five minutes early, running into church, ready to sing the praises of God. This is very important because life does not guarantee the sun's gonna come up, doesn't it? Life doesn't guarantee the clouds were clear. Life doesn't guarantee tomorrow. And God shows us through nature. Have any of you noticed it's getting dark a lot earlier now? Yeah, it, it happens quickly. So much of the Bible assumes that, that you and I know that a joyful life can only be lived in the close presence of Jesus Christ. It's the only way to truly live a godly, joyful life. You might think, well, I'm too old. Not so. Lie, that you're believing a lie at this moment. 
If that's what you've been thinking all along, you are believing a lie. The call of the Bible is always to come, and it's always to come now. Give your life to Jesus now. Give this new direction to Jesus now. Don't hesitate. Just say, this is it, Lord. I'm going to consciously decide to praise you and to spend time with you and to walk in your ways now. And I thank you for your grace. When I fail, I can confess my sin. I can start all over again and I can go at it day after day. So what, is it, what does it mean? Well, you say, what, what does that really mean? Again, Derek Kidner, very, very helpful. Smarter man than I'll ever be. Okay, he says this. For our part to remember him, remember God, Jesus, is no perfunctory or purely mental act. It is to drop our pretense of self-sufficiency and commit ourselves to him. Let's put that in, in simple terms. Jesus demands our pride. Jesus says, bring your pride to the foot of the cross, your self-sufficiency, you're thinking you can do everything on your own, okay, and bring it to the foot of the cross. We're not going to expect God to do for us what we can do for ourselves, but we're going to bring our day, we're going to bring our families, we're going to bring our friends, we're going to bring our church, we're going to bring our own life, we're going to bring it to the Lord Jesus. So here in the Bible writer's quest to cultivate joy in the Lord, he reminds us of a path of life that awaits all of us some of us are further along on this path than others, but we might laugh a little here and there, but it's, it's beautiful poetry, and in it, I think you see God honors old age. There's nothing that's happening to any of us as we're getting older that's catching God by surprise. It's all by his plan. It's all by his design. He's showing all of us how much we need him. Verse three, in the day when the keepers of the house tremble, God, this, is a, this is kind of a guy thing, right? You, you know if you have a house and you think, uh, you know what, a bad guy comes, uh, I'm going to whack him with a baseball bat. And, and 10 years later, you're thinking like, hmm, I need an alarm system, right? <laughs> you know? 10 years later, you're like, make sure that the phone's charged in case I have to call 911, right? And then a few years after that, you get one of those phones with the big, big dial things on it so you can't miss the numbers. And then you hit the thing where you buzz it, right? That's just, that's just it. That's just gonna happen. To, that happens to all of us, right? He says, and the strong men bow down. He's saying, you used to be strong, but you're not, you're, you're gonna come to a day, we all come to a day when we're not strong anymore. God's not surprised by this. He says, when the grinders, I know some of you from other parts of the country think that's a sandwich, but that's not, that's what that is. The grinders are the teeth, right? They cease because they are few. They didn't just run down to the dentist and say, I need some dentures, man, you know, some polygrip or something like that. They, they didn't have that. They just would be out of, out of teeth. And those who look through the windows, okay, grow dim. They're looking out the window and all of a sudden they can't see anything anymore, okay? So what's happening, man? Your, your, your body's starting to break down. Your teeth are falling out. Your eyesight's fail. Now, some of you young people go, that does not sound good at all. Hey, listen, man, we are one step closer to Jesus, right? <laughs> Verse four, when the doors are shut in the streets and the sound of grinding is low, uh, what's he talking about? Like, the, the, you know, the guy doing the, with the jackhammer out in front of the, the street and, you're, and your wife's like, what is that? You're like, what is what? Like, you don't hear anything anymore. When ri one rises up at the sound of a bird. Now, isn't this funny? The dude with the jackhammer in front of the house, you can't hear him. But four in the morning, tweet, tweets, waking you up, right? <laughs> and all the daughters of music are brought low, okay? Also, they're afraid of heights. You get to be, I've been afraid of heights since I was a kid, so I can't say anything like that. And the terror's on the way. We might say, I don't even really feel like driving anymore, right? 
when the almond tree starts to blossom, that's white hair. That's not snow on top of the roof that my mother tells me I have. That's your hair comes white. There's nothing wrong with that, okay? The grasshopper is a burden, right? You know what happens certain times of the year? That the, a lot, how many got those blasted cave crickets we have around here, right? And they just get, but they get slower, right? You can't catch them for nothing. In one part of the year, they just get slower. And so you're like a grasshopper that's slowing down. And, and uh, desire fails. A lot of speculation on what this means. Some just says things are just not that important to you anymore. Other people say, well, it's your sexual desire. Because Solomon, I mean, th- maybe this is him writing in an old age, you know. Um, you know, he's, he's like, you know, 700 wives, 300 girlfriends on the side. I can't, I can't do this. I can't keep this pace anymore or something like that, right? But, but really, think about this for a second. How ridiculous this is in this sex-saturated culture that we live in that shuts so many people out. That's just absurd. So if you define yourself by your sexuality, there's going to come a point in time where you will have absolutely no identity. You'll have no identity. If If your identity is a follower of Jesus, you will have an identity that lasts from now to all eternity. And your age won't matter. You can be totally secure in it. He says, for a man, look at this, goes to his eternal home. He's talking about death. And the mourners go about the streets, right? What happens when somebody dies? I mean, it's really sad. I get to go to probably more funerals than most people. Uh, when I, I did when I was young because my grandmother had 13 brothers and sisters and they all got married and had a slew of kids. That's all I did when I was a kid was go to funerals, right? Then I was an altar boy and I served at funerals. Now I'm a pastor and I, people ask me to do funerals. And what are most funerals? People live, they die, there's a funeral and a bunch of people go eat cake. I'm not meaning to be disrespectful, but that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. Let's see what he says here, verse 6, okay? Remember your creator before the silver cord is loosed. Now, that would be something. He's using, he's using a bunch of, uh, he's saying before death overtakes you. He's using word pictures that would be common in their time. Or the golden bowl is broken, or the pitcher shattered at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the well, right? Listen, remember your creator. Come to God before you drop your cell phone and there's no more upgrade, before you're not even going to be able to physically see the buttons anymore or, or do whatever it takes to, to, to use your phone. Verse 7, then the dust will return to the earth as it was and the spirit will return to God who gave it. That's the language of Genesis 2. Vanity of vanity, says the preacher. All is vanity. Some versions say meaningless. Another version says futile. Another version says nothing makes sense. So what's he telling us? Remember your creator now. Remember your creator now before you forget. Before your broken soul becomes a broken body. Before your mind is broken. Remember your creator now before you get so busy with life that your desire for God fails. Remember your creator now before sin just becomes something that defines you and you're so deeply entrenched that your conscience is no longer affected by the things that you do that's wrong and you start to want your sin more than you start to want God. Because before you know it, God will say your time on earth is up. I was a truck driver for a lot of years and I went to a seminar down in Newark uh, Friday and as I was driving on Route 78, Uh, I saw this truck, and I know what a truck that's loaded the wrong way looks like. 
And I was like, man, that dude's truck is loaded the wrong way. He needs to be really careful on the bends. And you know when you have all those splits as you're coming to Newark Airport and 1 and 9 South and, and, and stuff like that in 21, it's all a little bit confusing. And just when you got it down, they do construction and they redo all the exits again for you know what's going on. And he went to the right, realized he wanted to get onto the turnpike, started to go left over like the, where it's the jagged roadway. And I'm telling you, Two of his wheels went up on the one side, and I thought, that dude's life is over. He's done. Now, by the grace of God, his, his truck came back, but you know what? You and I never know when that's going to happen. And you know what? We could find out. We could die thinking we're totally a good person, and God's saying, here's the problem. You're spiritually dead. You never came to faith in my son, and he never made you spiritually alive. You see, the Bible writer here writing a thousand years, presumably, before Jesus ever lived, is his counsel is actually the gospel. Remember, do something. Remember, remember is act upon something. Act upon getting to know your creator now while it's still day. Get to know your creator now while you still have time, while you're still alive. Charles Bridges said this, many have remembered too late. None too soon. Many have remembered too late when they met God face to face, but none too soon. Friend, as long as you have life, it's not too late. As long as you're alive, it is not too late for you and I to start today. I want to read another verse that we, we did last week. Just thinking about it in the last few minutes uh, as we were getting ready to, to gather this morning for worship. We, we, we cited this verse last week. Jesus praying the night before the cross. John 17, 3, he says this, he prays to God, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. The only way to get to eternal life is to know God through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said this in John 6, to me, one of the most epic chapters of the Bible. Jesus is just laying it out. This is what eternal life is. And some of the people are like, oh, this is hard. This is a hard teaching. And they start to leave. And Jesus turns to his own disciples and goes, you want to leave too? Because this is what it takes to get to heaven. He says this, John 6, 39 and 40. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing. If you belong to Christ, you don't worry. He won't lose you. Just walk with him. Let him worry about whether he's going to lose you or not. And he's not going to. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but I should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him, sees with spiritual eyes, believes, we often say is more similar to our word, put their trust in him, lay down their pride, that everyone, who would that be? Everyone, your neighbor, who you can't stand, drunk, Right? His man, his recycles is half the block, empty beer cans, empty booze bottles. You say, that guy will never come to Christ. You don't know. I was that guy. And now you're all sitting listening to me, right? You don't know. I don't know. Everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Well, many people think this life is it. Okay, here in Ecclesiastes, back in verse 5, he says, we are all on our way to our eternal home. It is one of two destinies. The Bible always talks about two destinies. It is the destiny of heaven or it is the destiny of hell. 
And thank God the promises of heaven are based upon the life and the death and the resurrection and the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ, not our ability to live it out. Not our ability to remember. Since, have you noticed that we tend to be very forgetful people? We tend to forget very easily what Jesus has done for us. But the Lord promises. Jesus used the term repent and believe. Remember in Mark's gospel, chapter one, we studied a couple years ago. He said the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. We often use the terminology turn and trust. Turn to God. Admit that you've lived with your back to him. Turn to him. Look at the cross. Put your trust in the crucified Savior instead of yourself, and you will be saved. All who turn and put their trust in Jesus Christ will be remembered by God. He will act upon the promise he has already made to the people that repent and believe. He says, I will act upon that promise. I will do what I said I will do, and you will be, the Bible's word is, saved. God will act. God will forgive your sins. God will give you eternal life. Last week, we went to Rockaway Day. It was a beautiful day. I was a proud pastor. I was proud to see so many of you just loving people, just loving people, telling them about Jesus, inviting to our church. I told some of the people that were involved with the kids, we gave them these little goodie bags that we made, and I was walking back to my car, and I saw a group of like three or four kids with their mom so excited going through their bags. Look at what I got. Look at what I got. But there was also a sadness that was in my heart. Because we live in an area where most people don't really care about Jesus. Oh, sure, they might go to church, some. They all want a better life. But most don't want Jesus, do they? Reminded me of Jeremiah 8.20. Jeremiah says, the harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we're not saved. I remember looking out over the people and saying, Lord, when are you going to do something here, man? Come on, come on. I said earlier, the first step is there has to be some things that we must be willing to put away. And whether you're already a Christian or you want to become one right now, the biggest thing we have to put away is our pride. We have to get over the fact that we can't save ourselves. We have to get over the fact that maybe we're going to tell people about Jesus and they're not going to want to hear it. It's important for us to see. You remember the first part? He told us that we are to rejoice in the Lord and remember the Lord. It's important for us to see that Jesus of Nazareth rejoiced and remembered his heavenly father perfectly and then died on the cross exactly like he lived like we do. He died on the cross like he forgot God half the day. He died on the cross like like he remembered God only when he showed up in church once or twice a month. He, he told us here about what happens to your body, how it breaks down, right? The perfect son of God's body was broken on the cross for you and for me. He died and rose from the dead. And he promises anybody who will turn to him and put their trust in him that he will take you from the light of the sun through the darkness of death. And he will take that old, broken down body and it will live. And it will not feel the pain that it does now. So today, my encouragement is let us all come to Jesus. Maybe for you it's the first time. The Bible says that when one person repents, 
when they turn to God, that there is a celebration in heaven, and we will celebrate that with you. Please come and see us. For others of us, we need to come back. We need to remember Jesus. We need to act upon what Jesus has done for us and that we rejoice in each day that the good Lord gives us. Why is a good memory important? Because it's the gateway to true joy. It's the gateway to truly walking in the presence of your Creator. It is the gateway to truly walk in the presence of your Savior. That's it for today with pastor and Bible teacher Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. We hope and pray that Pastor Jim's simple and passionate verse-by-verse, line-by-line teaching through the book of Ecclesiastes is bringing growth to your Christian faith. Now that you have heard from us, we would love to hear from you. Please let us know how we can pray for you, answer any questions that you may have, and let us know how Changed by Love has helped you. Perhaps you want someone to explain to you how to have your sins forgiven, how you can go to heaven, and how you can get started or restarted in your faith. Maybe you're looking for a good Bible teaching church in your area, or maybe you just need someone to talk to. Remember, friends, we are here to serve you and to help you so that someday the Lord will use you to serve and help others. That's the way the kingdom of God works, and we're thrilled to participate with you in the adventure. There are many ways to connect with Pastor Jim and the team here at Changed by Love. All of our contact information is available on our website, www.changedbyloveradio.com. Once again, that's www.changedbyloveradio.com. Maybe you would like to bless us and write us a card or a letter. Our mailing address is Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Once again, that's Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Please join us next time on this same station. Until then, stay close to Jesus, and we know that you too will be changed by His love.